Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1508. 1508. Matthew 9, verses 1 through 8. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to men. Thus ends our reading of God's infallible word. May all who hear it receive forgiveness from the only one who has that authority. When I was in elementary school, we had this principal named Mr. Rainiers. He was a tall man with an ominous presence about him. And the kids would, would tell tales of the punishments that he would dole out for those who crossed the line. To put it simply, I was scared of the man. And I did my best, my best to avoid being sent to Mr. Reindeer's office. And yet the day came when I crossed the line. And I had to take that long walk down the hall of shame. Do you know what I found when I entered that office? A kind man who treated me with grace and compassion. A man who, who wanted what was best for me. In our text for today, we see another man who holds a position of authority. Uh, a man that can seem ominous and, and frightful to some, and yet to those who, who really know him, they find both warmth and kindness. Now, if you recall, we have been looking at the healing ministry of, of Jesus, and what it has demonstrated to us is the amazing authority that he has as our king. Authority is, is the central theme that has been flowing through the text really since the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Look at some of these verses that we've covered. For instance, Matthew 7, verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Matthew 8, verses 8 and 9. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but say the word and my, my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I said to my servant, do this 
And he does it. And then in verse 16, we see Christ's authority over the demonic. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. And then in verses 26 and 27, we, we see his authority over nature itself. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. And finally, Jesus brought his authority to the Gentile world as he freed two men from a legion of demons. Verses 29 through 32. What do you want with us, Son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. In each and every scenario, we get this glimpse of the authority of Christ. All, the, all these details, they, they lay out the might of this king of kings. But as, a, as amazing as these stories seem, what we come across today demonstrates beyond a shadow of a doubt exactly who it is that we are dealing with and the unending reach of His authority. That being said, let's, let's look at our text. Look at verses 1 and 2 again. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to His own town. Some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus had now left the region of the Gadarenes, and we now find him in Capernaum once again. And in this story, we are confronted with this scene of a, of a group of men carrying a paralytic before the feet of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but, but if I had witnesses, if I was there as a witness to this scene, it would have seemed pretty obvious what these men wanted. They wanted healing for their friend. They wanted him to walk again. But what they desired and what, what Jesus gave to them are not the same thing. But before we speak about what Jesus actually does for this man, I want you to notice this little detail that Matthew includes in this story. He says that Jesus saw their faith. How? How exactly did Jesus see their faith? And in Mark's Gospel, we get the same account, and yet Mark gives us a more detailed description. Look at, look at Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 says this, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was so many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a, a paralytic carried by four of them. 
Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now this is likely the more familiar story to you, is it not? This is what you would hear in, in Sunday school class as a kid. Mark gives you these details that, that Matthew seems to avoid. The question is, why? Why would Matthew not want to tell you about them digging through the roof? Seems to make the story that much more interesting, does it not? It's not that Matthew didn't know about this. Let, let me suggest this. The reason Matthew shortens this story is precisely because he wants to make a theological point concerning the nature of Christ. How did Jesus see their faith? Was it because these men were persistent as they dug through the roof? Or was it because Jesus is God in human flesh and he knows the hearts of men? As we continue in our story, we're going to find that it is left. You see, Matthew, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to distract his audience from the point he's trying to make. He means to show us the authority that Jesus has. An authority that extends even to the knowledge of another man's will. Jesus saw their faith because he looked into their very hearts. Yet upon seeing such faith, what did Jesus do? He forgives this man's sins. Now, is this what these men wanted? Maybe yes, maybe no, but it's, but it, but it's not why they had come to Jesus. These men were, were hoping that Jesus would heal their friend, that he could walk again. As a dad, there are often times when my children want something from me, and yet what I give to them is something else. I want ice cream. Here, have this apple. <laughs> Can I watch TV? Why don't you go play with your brother? If you're a parent, then you've all been there, right? You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes our, our kids, they don't see what is best for them. Jesus knows what you need better than you do. And the greatest need of this paralytic was not to walk again, but to be forgiven. Often in life we experience many trials and challenges. It could be financial woes or, or maybe our physical health. All of these things, they're just symptoms of a greater problem. Man's need for forgiveness. You see, disease... Poverty, violence, they've all entered our world because Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Sin is the root of the problem. And forgiveness is the solution that every man needs. It's what this paralytic needed most. And it's what you and I need most. Dear friends, do you see it? 
No matter where you are at in life, and no matter what your troubles are, you have a sin issue. It's what's driven a, a wedge between you and God. And the only way that you can have true and lasting peace is if you are forgiven. This is why Jesus went to the cross. That, that, so that you could be absolved of your sins. For forgiveness can only come when, when justice has been fully met. Christ took upon himself the punishment that you deserve when he died for your sins. When he died for the sins of this paralytic. And so he tells this man, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. And yet to some in, in this room, these words of Jesus were, were not to their liking. Look at verse 3. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Who were these teachers of the law? They were the religious leaders of the Jewish people. They, they, they came from the Pharisaical tradition with, where they had strict adherence to, to God's law. They were the ones who, who knew the scriptures inside and out. Because they were the ones that the people came to when a question was asked concerning the law. And so they had to know God's word really, really well. And what they were accusing Jesus of was this sin of blasphemy. And by all appearances, these men had it right. For, for the only men that, that God had given such authority to were the, were the temple priests. And only then, after a sacrifice had been made. In the book of Leviticus, we, we find numerous examples where, where, where different kinds of sins uh, would, would be... They'd have to sacrifice an animal for those sins. And a priest would pronounce forgiveness. For example, look at Leviticus 5, verses 17 through 19. If a person sins and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, even though he does not know it, he is guilty and will be held responsible. He is to bring to the priest as a guilt offering a ram from the flock, one without defect and of the proper value. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him for the wrong he has committed unintentionally, and he will be forgiven. It is a guilt offering. He has been guilty of wrongdoing against the Lord. <clears throat> By simply bypassing the temple authority, what Jesus was doing was putting himself in a position of God. You see, only God has the authority to forgive. And unless He delegates that authority, man has no right to offer such forgiveness. To do so is blasphemy. It's putting oneself in God's place. And this is exactly what Jesus did. But look at how Jesus responds to their thoughts. Look at verse 4. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? 
Where Jesus saw the faith of these first men, now he, he knows the evil that comes from the hearts of these second. Again, Matthew is demonstrating to us who Jesus is. He is more than just a man. And his authority pierces through to the hearts of men, knowing their very thoughts. And we see, too, that he judges rightly. He distinguishes between those who have faith and those who have evil thoughts. Now you may be asking yourself, how can it be wicked if these men are correct in their interpretation of Scripture concerning blasphemy? Particularly if they, if they don't know that Jesus is God. Let me put it this way. They're not knowing is the reason. It's simple. They, they, they lacked faith in who Jesus is. The evidence had been all around them. The way he taught with authority. The, the leper who was cleansed. The sick who were, who were healed. The fact that he could cast out demons. If there were any Jews who should have believed in this man, it would have been these teachers of the law, the ones who knew the scriptures the best. They should have recognized the signs and figured it out. And yet they were blind to the fact because they lacked faith. But Jesus continues, look at verse 6. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. That you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus finally gives to this man what he came for. This paralytic was healed. He could now walk. But why was he healed? It was, it was not for this man's benefit, but for the benefit of these teachers of the law. So that they would know who Jesus truly is and the authority that he has. Even look at the title that, that, that he gave to himself. The Son of Man. This label, the, the Son of Man, has significant meaning in the Old Testament. We, we saw it in our first scripture reading. Look at Daniel 7, verse 13 again. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the, the Ancient of Days and was led into His presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. These teachers of the law knew exactly what Jesus meant when He called Himself the Son of Man. He was ascribing to Himself deity. And Jesus proved this claim before their very eyes by healing this man. How did they respond? Well, let's look at the next verse. Our last verse. Matthew 9, verse 8. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. 
And they praised God who had given such authority to men. They were filled with awe. The Greek word used here is ephobethesan. It's where we get our English word phobia. That means to put to flight or to, or to terrify or to, or to frighten. To, to say they were in awe doesn't really convey the full meaning. These, these people, they were scared. Look at how the, the ESV translates this. When the people saw it, they were afraid. And they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Do you see what's going on in, in this story? Jesus has put the fear of God in these people. For they were, they were starting to understand the might of the one who was before them. And it was unsettling to them. I mean, think about it. One, Jesus knows the thoughts of these men. Two, he has the authority to pronounce judgment on those thoughts. And three, these people, they recognize this. And it caused them to be terrified. This son of man, this, this eschatological judge had come among them and they had no place to hide. It's like they were caught and been, had been sent to the principal's office. They were stricken by the fear of God and their only recourse was to give him glory. Dear friends, this, this same Jesus knows the thoughts of your hearts as well. What will he find when he takes a look? Will you be like those first men, being full of faith? Or will you be like the teachers of the law, doubting in your wickedness? Jesus has come to judge the world, and what he is looking for is faith. He is searching for those who, who believe in him, both in who he is and in what he has done. Who is he? He is both God and man. And he is the only one who has the authority to forgive you of your sins. What has he done? He went to the cross to redeem you, to make that forgiveness valid. Whether you like it or not, a verdict is coming your way. And this Son of Man, this, this one who knows your very thoughts, will either declare you guilty or forgiven. Therefore, I, I urge you to leave behind those, those evil thoughts of, of doubt and unbelief and put your trust in Him and Him alone. Put your reliance in the one who has the authority to forgive. For when you do, what you will find is a God who is full of compassion and mercy. A God with kindness and love towards you. So turn from your sins and place your faith in this Son of Man. So that you too might hear these words. Take heart, son. Take heart, daughter. Your sins are forgiven. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful for your Son. He is our King. He is our Judge. 
We confess to you now that, that often we do lack faith. Change our, our, our doubting hearts by the working of your Holy Spirit. Help us to believe in this Son of Man that, that we too might hear these words from him. Take heart. Your sins are forgiven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.